Waller here, True Underdog, Unleash the Power Within podcast. Co-host John LeBlanc on here with me as well. We're on Instagram Live as well as on Zoom, okay? So we're going to take questions live here on Instagram. You hit the little question mark spot. John will uh, zip through and answer or ask any questions that you want him to ask. And uh, this is the quality that we're in in 2020 with COVID-19. We're having to Zoom and Mickey Mouse this stuff together. Uh, uh, shout outs to Dino and his team over at Sussman Agency getting me a microphone that was only supposed to be working for commercials. And I found a way to jiggy rim that into the computer. So hopefully the quality's well. Everybody hears me, we've got a thumbs up. John, let's get started, baby. What do you got? All right. Well, uh, we had a lot. I mean, uh, uh, I'm scrolling through, no questions yet, but um, there's a couple small items I'd like to ask. So. Look, we hear BAM all the Ooh, time. You work for hey, Power I'm off my muscles. Hold on. It's not a lot there. I'm going to loosen it up a little bit. All right. No all right. chest hair. All right, go ahead. You, got no, no, you shave dude, that? I trim. Dude, I, I manscape, dude. A very healthy that manscape. That looks clean shaven. like that. That's what I do, baby. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> all right. So you hear BAM all the time. We hear it on the commercials here in the Power Home. Yes. Uh, we know that it means building movement, right? Yep. But the, the birth of BAM. Like, how, how did it all come? Uh, well, the birth of BAM, and you can hear me okay? I can. Okay, good. So the birth of BAM is really um, a long story. So I used to be part of a company called Power Home Technologies. And with that, um, we used to say, boom, baby, all the time, right? And so when I left that company, uh, we sold our, our uh, section of that company. We went and started Power Home Solar. Uh, one of the things I was playing a video game with my son on Avengers. And I kept saying, you know, boom, baby. And he's like, dad, we don't say that anymore. We can't. We're not proud of Power Home Technology or Power Home. So I'm like, what should we say? He's like, say bam. And I'm like, you know what? I like it. Bam. And so it stuck. And that was in the uh, middle of 2015. So in 2016, at the Christmas party, we unraveled what it meant, and we came up with building a movement. One panel, one customer, one employee, one business, one city, <laughs> one football stadium, at a time, baby, and that's what we started doing. So it's bam. That's amazing. I love that. So Christian, Christian really was the, uh, the key player in that, huh? He was, I got to give credit where credit's due. My nine-year-old at the time was five. And uh, he came up with the uh, idea, bam. We found what, it, what we could make it mean. And, you know, on the production side, they like to say building a machine because our company is like a well-oiled machine, right? You've got, you, we've got layers and layers of, of management, but a lot of them have groomed their way up. What I mean by that is, is hard work. They didn't, you know, they didn't have the experience. They kind of learned on the fly. And so we are, we have built a really well-oiled machine that everyone's been a part of. So, you know, BAM is the theory, but it's building a movement overall uh, on the, um, the external access to the world. And internally, it's uh, building a machine, meaning we are continuing to add pieces to this machine. 
Yeah, we know you didn't read that, right? We had this conversation earlier. That's nothing that you look. Here, here's what here's what boggles my mind. Yep. I think I heard or read somewhere average CEO reads 40, 50 books a year. How many books have you read in your lifetime? I mean, I don't remember reading a book <laughs> since, since elementary. So zero. Uh, in fact, I just had a book given to me from Gino Wickman. In case you don't know who he is, he sent it to me. It looks great. I won't read it though, Gino. It says Entrepreneurial <laughs> Leap. I love that guy. Had a great call with him. Uh, he owns a company. He's at EOS. What's his other book? Traction. Traction. And he's, dude, he's awesome. But I, I don't have the patience. My ADD kicks in. Unfortunately, I wish I was a little bit more educated uh, that I could sit there and read that book. I just can't. I'll skim through it. I'd maybe listen to some audio if I had a long drive. Uh, really, I get my knowledge from learning from people around me, surrounding myself around smart, intelligent people, being a sponge and learning from them also experience, right? You, you can't swim by just reading a book. You got to swim by getting your butt in the water and, and, and moving. So I, I'm a big believer of experience. I don't know everything. I am, I'm, a, I'm a baby as an entrepreneur, in my opinion. I mean, you know, it's my third business and we've done some great things, but trying to continue to take it to the next level, nothing's ever good enough. Uh, we were joking on an executive call today that our Chad McComas, our IT, one of our IT design guys told Kevin like, Dude, it sucks. Jason reminds me of that baseball coach that when you when you hit a home run, um, he comes through and turn around and he's like, "Dude, that's great. I need you to hit a one, another one next time you're up." Like nothing's good enough. And I don't know if that's the case, but it's really pushing yourself to learn more and be a part of things um, as we go forward. I mean, you can't. People can read, and I admire that. You said you read books all the time. You have to. I want to be able to read. I just, I don't have the patience. I just, I just don't. And you're drinking wine on our podcast. That's. I'm not drinking. It's not wine. It's a, it's a mocktail. My beautiful wife made this for me. Look at you making up stories. We know you're a wine. Oh, why are you lying? <laughs> Dude, that's my better half, man. It's not wine. Hey, ain't it, nobody made me no kind of cocktail uh, flavor. I got freaking water. Look, sponsored by Ice Mountain Water. They don't even pay us to do it. We do that every show. You're better than Monster. Hey, you've got a question on po you got a question on Instagram. Let's see what that no, is. No, I don't. I'm looking. I, I see it. Let me see. I see. Maybe it just goes to me. Uh, what is a good way to make money? Well, shoot, there's lots of ways <laughs> to make money. You know what? What are you trying to get into? Uh, I think you know. Someone asked me last time I went live a few a few weeks ago, and uh, I think right now, if if you're able to cook great food and you can scale that and ship it and put a put some kind of marketing scheme, you know, uh, system online where people can be like, man, I need some food, healthy food, send it to me. I think there's a big service for that. If you can, if you can make it in, in enough to feed 30 people and you just place some orders out there on Instagram or Facebook or any of these outlets and you take it, you ship it out. I think, I think that's a good move, especially in today's world going forward. I think we're going to see a big push for that. There's a lot of companies out there doing that now, but I love that kind of business. I think that's a no brainer. It's just because you order food all the time and you need it delivered to your yeah, doorstep. Think about it. Maybe I'm hungry. And on top of that, people like food and healthy food and people like the opportunity to make money. And there's a lot of great people out there who can cook and they just cook for their families. Wouldn't it be nice to make enough to seal up and ship to people online, have a little business, a little side gig, a little hustle certainly money? Would. No brainer. Yeah, certainly the would. other thing is, is, is that there's a big uh, movement to resell shoes all the time. There's all these apps that you can wear shoes and you're like, man, I'm going to sell those shoes. I only wore them twice. 
I don't like it. I've seen a lot of that push too. The shoe resale game is crazy. I have a, I have a friend whose son does it and it is nuts. I wish someone would sell my damn shoes. Hit me up, DM me, do something, email me. I've got shoes. I was like, oh, man, those look, I look Bobo with those things. And then I try to get my <laughs> daughter and my future ex-son-in-law to sell them. And they put it on there for one day and then they, they disappear. Not the, not the shoes, the kids. And then I'm stuck with shoes. I'm like, I don't even want these shoes. I, I screwed up, but I wore them once and nobody's going to take them back. You know, that's the kind of stuff I get on. Why is it always future ex on the oh, your, Hey, your wife said she'll cook for our family. You know, that might be a, that dude, I, we, we might take her up on that. We have a business chef is coming That's over right now. That's how you make money. You tune into, you tune into live pods and then you, you just solve the problem. My wife you know is a what? problem solver. <laughs> you know, shout out to uh, Bob Mennery, dude. I've been addicted to his show every night where he brings someone on, which is fantastic. And He's trying to help people out and he gets donations. I'm trying to have Power Home Solar donate some money for him to give us a shout out at our company to give to some people that need it. But it's a really cool show. Um, you, you pull it up and then he's like, uh, you know, all right, you got 30 seconds, John, to find a comic book in your house. And then, of course, he's cursing and doing it. He's like, what the fuck? You know, he's losing it. Mm -hmm. But then you find the comic book, you get paid 200 bucks. You don't. He's like, sorry, you're a loser. Goes to the next person with a different thing. Pretty cool stuff. I'm addicted to that, by the way, with the lives. Um, so, you know, the lives are fun. Make, the lives are fun. <laughs> I told you earlier about, you know, Barstool and those guys going live. And all he does is open up gifts that people, people send to his house right now. That's, That's cool. nuts to think about. And it started small and now he's doing three hour lives. So, um, look, we talked about Genesis of BAM. Talked we about talked not waiting. Talked about not reading. Talked about that I, I groomed my chest hair, right? Okay. Just saying. But based off of those really, those two principles, um, well, not, not necessarily not reading, but um, the genesis, genesis of BAM, like that's really how you brought people into your, to the organization, right? People who believe. And you, you were a person, you say this every time I hear you talk. You don't believe in skill set. You just want people that believe. I, okay, so I, would, I wouldn't say you don't, I don't believe in skill set. I'm saying passion trumps skill set every time. Just like hard work trumps talent, it's the same way in the business world. If you are passionate about something and you believe in something, that's better than having the experience. We refuse in every which way we can to hire existing solar sales reps. Why? because they're stuck in their own ways and they're sales reps. I don't even, I mean, I'm a sales guy, but it, we don't sell. We educate and we promote and we give people a better opportunity to own their power and do all these great things and change the world and save money and, and not depend on the utility company. All these things that we do, if somebody buys in, that's a lot better than some guy saying, man, I've sold this stuff for 20 years and I put it in for 18. We don't care. We want people that are passionate about what we believe and that's our culture. We're all in together. And because I've got a history of reading resumes and hiring people, you know, oh, this is their experience. And me as a young, young man at 19, getting jobs I shouldn't have had with a fake ass resume, right? You got to sell yourself. So the resume may get you an opportunity for an interview, at least not with me, but with our team. But then you've got to go in and sell yourself. We tell all of our leaders, look, don't 
hire someone because they have the most experience, hire them because they have the most passion and they, be, they, they, they can rally and believe and be a part of something bigger. Those are the people you want. People that have a why and that want to make a difference. It's not just a job. When you hire people to just work for you, guess what they do? They work for you. That's it. But when you hire people to be part of something like a movement, then that's what they're going to do. And that's the difference, I think, you know, in the three companies of, of being a part of in this company of, of the culture we've tried to create. You know, each time you, you do something, you learn from it. You're like, all right, the first time we just hired whoever. The second time we got a little better. And the third time we're like, nah, we only want these kind of people. People that are, that are believers, people that have a why, and people that are passionate. We can teach you to sell. We can teach you to put it in. We can teach you to talk on the phone. We can teach you to do customer service. All that's teachable lessons. But you can't teach this, right? And you can't teach the, the want and the why and the, and the hunger. So what are some key indicators that you look for in somebody coming through the doors? I think somebody that gets excited in an interview, someone that's hungry, that when you ask them, what's your why? Why do you want to join our company? What is it about our company you like and you're excited about? I think when they talk about, they, they really believe in the renewable energy sector and they believe in solar, I think that's a plus. If they're like, oh, I just want to make a lot of money, I kind of want to shy away from that person. Um, if they, so, so believing is a big key. Like they got, they, they, we're doing something great. I've been a, I've worked at several companies, corporate America, done different things. And when you have something that you can believe in, it makes your job, it makes it a movement. It makes it a, a lifestyle. It makes it bigger than that. And so we look at their why first and why they want to come in and then kind of ask the tough questions of, you know, what, it, what is your goal to be successful in a company like ours? What, what, what is your ultimate, you know, 60 day goal, one year goal, two year goal? Where do you see yourself excelling? And try to find out if it's just money. Again, that's a turn off for me. Money is, is the reward for efforts. It's not a, a why. It shouldn't be on the map. It should be what you collect on your map, right? But hey, I want to grow in a company like this. I want to be a great leader. I want to be able to meet people. I want to make a difference. I want to be able to change the world. Those are the indicators that I look for. And then if they're in sales, I want to hear them kind of pitch me and talk to me because, <laughs> you know, our sales guys, even though they're educators, they got to be able to be quick on their feet and they got to be able to, to understand what people are talking about and to be able to listen, but also be able to overcome objections early. Like you sit down in a home and you're doing solar and you're like, hey, so, you know, John, why, you know, why am I here? Is it because you don't like the utility company or, or Sarah, you talk to the wife, is it because you want to go green? Back to John, is it because you're trying to save money? You, you, you make them tell you, you give them some, some maps to go. And then when you overcome that, how long have you been in your home, John? How long, Sarah, do you plan on being in your home? You overcome those <laughs> objections early. So guess what? When we get to the end of this presentation, you're not like, well, I'm only going to be here two years. No, buddy, you told me you plan on being here forever. So I want to make a difference in you doing that. So I'm a big believer if you talk about things and you set the expectations immediately and you overcome objections up front, everything else is education and getting them to be a believer and to be part of the movement as well, it's easy right? That's on sales. On installs, those guys are amazing because they build something that's changing the world. They are risking their lives on a roof every day, snow, rain, hail, sun, doesn't matter, hot, cold. They're up there and they're building a power plant on a home. I mean, how cool is that? They can go home to their wife or their husband or their kids 
and say, look what I did. I built this. That is exciting. And that's changing things. This isn't something that they get on there and they're, they're, you know, it's going to last five years. This is a 30, 40, 50 year product that's going to produce power for that family and not rely on that utility company. That's a big deal, right? And then everybody in between from permitting to interconnection to customer care to account managers to design to training to you name it every aspect admins hr payroll they all have their part in this same movement where we still have to line skill sets that's important but it's not the most important remember i said we don't want to get somebody that's never done anything before right you want to have some skills but then they're able to go into those categories and that's that bam that build in a machine now we're putting the machine together so we can bam build a movement. That's amazing. And look, you see, I, I know I've talked to you in the past. Your why has changed a little bit. You talked about your why a little bit earlier in one of your answers. Um, and I know the why was, you know, wrapped up in, in, you know, building a movement and, and really we wanted to uh, make a, a, a better world for not only our generation, our kids generation and our kids kids you have said that multiple times but your right. your why has evolved over time and really has changed you never really lost sight of what i just said but there's maybe some stronger whys do you want to talk about that uh well i mean now the why is not only to continue to do that but to maybe to take our company public to where our employees can be part of something bigger and you know to be the the best and uh, most responsible and customer-friendly experienced renewable energy, energy efficiency, and solar company out there. You know, why, you know, shout out to Tesla, shout out to Vivint, but why not us? Why not power home, right? You know, our culture is dynamic and everybody's hungry and everybody wants to be a part of something great. And, you know, to take our team you know, when we say, bam, you know, we're building a movement, one panel, that's continue to put solar panels on one customer, bringing our customers along with us, one employee, we want all of us to be a part of that and to take us to that level and impact and continue to force the utility company to really do the right thing. You know, people think, you know, naturally, yes, we are taking questions. So you got to ask John, uh, type them in there. We'll ask, we'll answer them. But the utility company, naturally, uh, they, they need to do the right thing by doing more solar, more wind. We should do more, you know, hydro. And that doesn't affect our business because people are still going to want to own their power. I mean, you ask somebody, do you want to pay the utility company? Or do you want to pay yourself? Oh, I want to pay myself. Great. Let's get you solar, right? There's enough space out there to do that. But when and if we do that, a couple of things happen. One, we're not dependent on, you know, fossil fuels, which is a big deal. We're not dependent on the Middle East, which is a big deal. And not that it gets the Middle East, but we need to be more self-sufficient as a country, right? As do other countries. You look at Costa Rica, they're like 99% renewable. Like that's a big deal. That's the way to go, the, you know, to, to go out there and make a difference, right? So a lot of these islands and a lot of these countries, they get it. And as soon as, you know, America gets it more, they do in Cali, they do in New York, they do in certain states, but we're just part of that movement of really educating and making a difference and creating that. And then, you know, we're even got, we've got six NFL teams, I'm sorry, five NFL teams, one major league baseball team and a college that went solar with us. They're understanding the difference. And look, I know it's an election year and I do not talk politics, but let's not well, get it twisted. <laughs> this isn't a Republican thing. This isn't a Democrat thing. This isn't an independent thing, okay? Let's call it what it is. Solar makes sense. 
it saves money, and it saves the planet. You don't have to be on right, left, white, black, orange, green, doesn't matter. It makes sense. And when people get that, they'll realize that, oh, that's our, they, our buyer is everybody, believe it or not. You're a visionary. We're so, I mean, we talked about uh, you know, the, the future of the employees and, and kind of that, that portion of it that fuels your why right now. Where's Power Home going to be in five, 10 years? So if you'd asked me five years ago, we'd been open five years, like two months ago, right? So we just hit our fifth year anniversary. I think they count 16, 17, 18, 19. Yep. And we, uh, if you would have told me we would have 927 employees, which is what we got, hoot hoot, right? And we were on pace to do 280 million in revenue. I would say, uh, I, don't, I think it'd probably take eight to 10 years, right? Now I had faith, like I'm a big believer, uh, you know, life, you know, life, you got to set big goals, right? You got to have big goals, but you got to have the small goals to get there, right? And so the big goals was, hey, we want to be public one day. And that actually started coming closer. Like I never really envisioned that. I was like, hey, we want to, we eventually want to hit hundred million in sales. But right now let's get a million, right? Then you get three or million, then you get five. Like let's get 50 million in sales. Okay, let's get 300 employees. Let's get 500 employees. Let's, you know, and then you're, you're, it keeps going up. So long-term, I would say, you know, going public and um, having thousands of employees being a part of this movement is exciting. I get excited when we hire people, right? We're actually hiring people now. We hired, you heard on the call, 127 people in the month of March. What? So a lot of people laying off, we're hiring. So, you know, we're about being a part of something great. And, and the executives took themselves off payroll, as did a lot of leaders on our team. I think over 65 employees and managers discounted their payroll to make sure all the employees can get paid. That's what it's about. That's being part of a movement. That's what excite. That's what's super exciting is what our culture's like. But back to the goals. I was telling my daughter today, she was talking about some things she wants to do. And I said, look, life, you can't hit an elevator and go, yay, I'm here. You have to take it step by step. And for someone who has ADD big time, that is hard as hell. Because it's like, we can't get places fast enough. I'm like, what do you mean? I got to take 88 steps to get there? Yeah, but what you got to do is you got to celebrate every step. That's a goal. Ding, that's a goal. Ding, you just keep going and you keep layering and you don't look down. You keep looking up, you keep chasing and you keep going. And eventually you get there. And so... You know, I didn't realize, you know, right now the immediate goals would be, you know, let's get over a thousand employees, which obviously is very doable. Um, so we might end the year with 1200 employees. I don't know, but we'll break a thousand and that's exciting. And let's also get to, you know, let's, let's try to break 275 million in revenue this year. The next year we'll probably go for like 400 and we'll try to be at 1500 employees. And then, you know, the goal is you're starting to make some noise out there let's get, let, let's try to get, let's go public. You know, let's, 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 let's make this real for the employees. We try to treat all our employees like they've got ownership because they do. That's the goal. That's what, that's what they're out there working for. It's not just a paycheck to them. They want to make a difference and they want to be part of something great. Are you able to see wow. that? Do you, are you able to kick? I am. The question I'm drinking, marks? It's, it's Zevia and red juice, I think. Right, Sarah, if you're still listening, I don't know. That's what it is, John. It's in a wine glass. What not is alcoholic. Red? What is red juice? It's, it's just like red ninja juice that we have. It's, uh, it's ninja. Explain the ninja it's juice. Like, it's just 
it's like a healthy juice. I don't, I can't explain it. My wife. I got a V8. Should I ask someone to get me a V8? You remember yeah, wedding drinking. crashers? Mom, mom, can you get my meatloaf? Remember? I can, I can yell. I do remember. That's how you, that's how you operate around there. That's how you operate around look, the office look, too. So look, we just had a, a pretty emotional, uh, executive call right so we, we do that like and that's what's great about our companies we can be real with each other and so it was you know it was intense and emotional it was good and we yeah you know, lovey-dovey huggy huggy whatever but it gets heated sometimes and you know one of the things i'm always working on because i am far from perfect and probably these damn books will probably help me but i ain't got time to read them but i explode a lot i go one two three ten like there's no four five six seven eight nine and right. I'm working on that. I'm struggling with that. I, I, you know, I go one, two, three, ten, and so that is a good thing in some in aspects for business, and I think it's needed sometimes. But uh, you know, I do it a lot more than I would I would like, and I'm working on that. And you know, the first step is you got to own it, and the second step is you've got to want to change it, and I think that makes all the difference. But it's going to take time because that's just all I know. I've got to continue to, you know, work on myself about that and, and practice. You have gotten better with that. Look at you. You already think I got better. I like it. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, yeah, I mean, I've almost a year. Actually, a year is coming up, May 1st. Wow, Isn't that crazy? I can't believe you've been there that long. I know. We've got, we've got questions. Let me see what I've got here. Are you able to click the box, the question mark box? So we've got, uh, what is it going to be? How much money did you have when you started your company and how much is it worth today in a year? Uh, is it more efficient to use solar panels for energy or wind turbines? Uh, I think wind is just as good. I'm going to call them equal, but there's a lot more service issues. It's really good on certain areas where it is windy and lots of land to do a blend, to have wind. If you've got farmland, goats, you see opportunities and not, not a lot of wind out there, you go solar. I think both is important. Uh, as for money, it depends which business, right? The first business, I cashed out a little bit of 401k, worked two jobs, wife didn't work, opened it up, built it from the bedroom on, sold it, made a little money, uh, joined another company, became a partner there because I morphed my company into that. Actually, so I didn't make money. I gained equity in a company, built that up, sold it, gained money, uh, didn't go on payroll, opened up the solar company, basically with some of the money I sold that first company with, I mean, the, the, the second company with. And then I ended up putting all that in, sold my house, put all that in, take my savings, put all that in, didn't get paid for 18 months. And then here we are. And I would say the company's <laughs> worth uh, uh, a few hundred million dollars. So you had good some story. explaining to do to your family when you had to you know, sell your house. Well, I got that. I got that wonky eye. The wife was like, <laughs> what? We're, we're moving where? What? And so, you know, it's, uh, it's tough. You know, when you, when you do something for your family and, and then you've got to go to them and go, guys, we're, you know, we're downsized, we're moving. I've got to go all in on this. It's hard, uh, but they have faith. I've got a great supportive wife. She's got my back. She trusts me. I do get the stink eye every now and then, but she understands, you know, what I'm trying to do. And it really gets you to the point, you know, what you got to do. And so when you go all in on something, um, I got a big thing, you know, ride or die, right? I'm ride or die with, with my partners and, and my, you know, Kevin and, and, and all of our executive team. And I'm ride or die with my wife and the kids. So, you know, we either go down in flames or, or we don't. But, you know, they've, they've, uh, knock on wood, they've had faith in me this far and I, I haven't let them down. You know, sometimes you got to make adjustments. You got, you can't be, you can't be too above or too big to lower what's acceptable for yourself to get the job done. 
And, and to, to, if you're going to believe in something, you're going to expect people to believe in it. Uh, you need to, you need to be able to be all in on it. And you know, that, that's what's really helped me. You're all in. You almost had, I mean, we've talked about this before, but it's always good to hear. You almost had to shut the doors of your, of this business, this current business. Yeah, we debated on shutting the doors and that was a tough situation. Um, I'm so glad we didn't. We're 927 strong and uh, we keep growing and we're getting almost 20,000 customers. So it's a big deal. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, when your back gets, gets against the wall, you've got a decisions to make and you know, the first thing you do is, is, you know, you cut the, the wasted people that are just, it's just a job to them and a paycheck. That's what really makes you learn. Remember I said, you gotta, you gotta learn, you gotta fail and then you gotta learn and then you gotta fail and then you gotta learn and then you gotta lose and then you gotta learn. And that's the lesson. And you're like, shoot, man, we're not going to make payroll next week. And these, that guy's not working hard and that person's not working hard and they don't care. And you know, when your back's against the wall, you start to see things a little differently and you're able to say, you know what? I'm going to do that job myself. So I'm a big believer. Of, that's why and you said it. And I appreciate that. I, I've had my hands in everything we do. And therefore I understand it. And it's because I would eliminate people that weren't doing the job until I felt that someone believed in it and did it and I would do it. And that's just the way you do things. Right. So uh, that's, you know, being all in is important. It's the same way when I play craps, I don't gamble a lot. But I play craps and I play poker. And look, no offense to those people out there just, you know, rolling the dice. I'm betting on you a little bit, but I'm going to bet on me, baby. If I'm up, I'm all in on me. I'm sticking it all in there. I'm throwing the dice. And guess what? If I lose, shoot, I'm mad at me. If I win, bam, I'm excited for me. That's the best way to do it. So I can't, hey, Bra I Brazil's can't up here questions. on Instagram. You've got I Brazil on the Instagram. Let's see the yeah. other questions we got. Is it more efficient wind turbines? How was your experience playing in the World Series of Poker? That's a great question. Uh, and are you planning on playing this year? Jay, how much money did you have when you started your company? Okay, I went over that. Jay, have you ever thought about bringing your product to another country like the UK? We've thought about it. We're not there yet. What's a good way to make money? We answered earlier. Okay, so I will tell you the World Series of Poker. John makes fun of my picture back there. Okay, listen. <laughs> it's a great I've been picture. blessed. I've, I've played street poker, right? And I've played with in neighborhood games and I played some big games. And I like to think, you know, when you play cards or you're in sales, you like to be like, look, I'm, you got you to gotta, you gotta feel like you've got the nuts, like you've got the confidence to, to, to win. I've won some small tournaments. I played this, uh, this friendly tournament thing in, in the point in North Carolina where there's 30 people. And the first four games I went to, like 20, 30 people, I won all four in a row. I'm like, damn, you know? So I feel like I'm pretty good, not just because of that, but it's hard to do that. But when you go to the World Series of Poker and you go to the big game, Whew, it's a little different. Your hands get sweaty and you're scared. And, you know, my first experience is probably the best experience. Well, it's the second best experience of poker. So I went in and, I, and I'm that schmuck that bought in. So shame on me. I did not earn it. Most of those folks in there have earned it. They're wearing backpacks. They haven't brushed their teeth in a month. Their hair looks like shit. I mean, it's bad. These guys, remember this. These guys do this poker stuff for a living. This is how they make their bread and butter. Not like me, the prick that walks in is like, yay, I'm playing in the World Series of Poker. No, these people grind to put food on their table. They're monsters, they're animals, they're killers, they're sharks, you gotta be ready. So I go in and I'm like, all right, yeah, I got this. I'm, you know, J-Dub's in the house, I'm ready, right? I'm trying to jack myself up. Two things, one, you, you play for two hours, you get a break for 10 minutes. 
I would go up to the hotel, take a shot of Fireball, go back down to stay loose and warm. I ain't even a big drinker, but that Fireball was getting me ready. Two, the first one I went to, I'm messaging my wife, Vegas is three hours ahead, and Kevin. I go in there, I'm nervous, my hands are a little sweaty. I go and I sit at my table. They unravel the Player of the Year award. This guy, George Danzer, in 2015, that was the first year I played, it was 15, 16 uh, season. And they drop it down and George Danzer wins. I'm like, I, I think I've seen that guy on TV. He's from Germany, great poker player, fantastic. I look over, George Danzer's announcing, get ready to deal the cards. And listen, time out. I love to go around the stories. I can't play in the, in the, in the Super Bowl, guys. I'm 5'10", 225, a little chubby and slow. I ain't playing in the Super Bowl. I ain't playing in the World Series. I ain't playing in the PBA Bowling Championship. I ain't playing in the, in the Golf Championship. I ain't playing in the NBA Finals. I'm just not, okay? But for some money, I can play in the World Series of Poker. So I did. Go back to the story. George Danzer's up there. He's talking, get ready to deal your cards. I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. First hand, I get pocket kings. I win the hand. I'm bullying a little bit. I win the hand. I, I, I send a text to Kevin and my wife. Pocket kings first hand. I'm winning the whole damn thing. Take in mind, there's 6,000 people in this tournament. I all of a sudden got hungry. I'm going to win the entire thing. <laughs> couple hands later, couple hands later, everyone at my table's freaking out. I'm over at the sixth seat, and one and three seats are open, okay? Couple, they're freaking out. They look up. George Danzer sits at the three seat. I'm like, oh, boy, shit just got serious. The number one poker player in the world just sat at my table. So what do I do? I take my little phone. I take his picture with the big thing behind him, with the thing dropped down, and I say, send it to my wife and send it to Kevin. I say, the number one poker player in the year just sat at my table. My wife sends me, this is when emojis were like brand new, the crying, laughing emoji, and Kevin goes, you're fucked. So that's it. <laughs> To make a long story short, my first time I played, I played a couple times. About six people left my table because people get knocked out and then they move some people around. So there's six or seven already lost on my table, but we're still got a full table. Every time George got in a hand, ESP, this is before they did live, guys. They were filming it and showing it later, right? They do it live now. ESPN would run over if he got in a hand and he would bully people because the cameras would be on the table. So I get, now I'm third in chips at the table and he's second in chips at the table and I just got bullets and I'm one over the, the, the big blind position. <laughs> and I five bet that bad boy, bam, I'm ready to go. And George calls me, right? And over bets five and I'm like, oh yeah, here comes ESPN. I'm like, I'm going to get this fool. He's going to try to bully me. I'm going to walk him in a trap. I'm going to close the cage and watch his little candy ass go back. <laughs> I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to win. So I get super excited. And then I, um, I, I, you know, I, I call his bet. Out comes, you know, I got the ace of diamonds, ace of spades. And I've got it somewhere on my social, the exact cards. But let's call it four, six, seven of diamonds. And I got the ace of diamonds. So I've got a flush draw with the ace high. I've still got highest pair with pocket aces. And it's on me. You know what I do? Fall in. You know what he does? <laughs> he calls. 
He had a three and a 10 of diamonds. He was praying another diamond didn't come out and he ended up beating me and I ended up busting out. Then I got a picture with him. Then I got to talk to him for a few minutes. It's a great experience. I never did that again, right? So then I learned, oh boy, you can't do that. So I, I've, I've advanced the day two twice. I played in a high roller, uh, high stakes game where 118 people played. I got uh, 29th out of there, but I played with uh, all the big names. Daniel Negru, um, uh, what's, you know, uh, Phil Ivey, all those, all those guys, I went and bought in the big boy. And I decided, you know what, I'm not going to play with 6,000 people that wear their backpacks and play all day to put food on their table. I'm going to play with the guys who got money who are lazy now and they just bullshit and keep playing. <laughs> and let me tell you something, that's how the day went. You know, uh, Joe Cata, the guy from Michigan that won it a few years ago, I was sitting next to him playing him. We ended up being friends. Like I'm playing with these guys and they're nowhere near as good as the other stuff because these guys have already won one big giant tournament and people pay them to play. In fact, Daniel Negru bought into this $50,000 tournament four times that night. Cause you could rebuy four oh times. God. He kept buying in and I'm like, dude, but that's what you deal with. So when you get really experienced players that have been playing and it's just a game for them, you know, it's all right. This person's buying my buy-in and they get a percentage. They don't care. They're not grinding like those other tournaments. So I've learned it's better to play in those with the rock stars that don't play good poker compared to the guys that do this for a living. Dude, when you're all in, I mean, do you get rattled? Do you like heart rate go up, sweaty? Like, does it, does that bother you or when you, when that? No. So I am not that guy because I'm an arrogant, confident bully mm. prick. So I'm sitting there. In fact, one time I moved to a table and this is during one of my other times when I bought into the big one, not, not the high stakes role. That, that one was great. And I'm like cutting up with these guys. And I'm like, look, you guys are on the bubble here. Not me. I don't do this for a living. If I beat you, you look bad. You look bad. Not me. I was getting in their head. I was having fun. But uh, on the other one with um, the, one of the other normal buy-ins for the main event, one time they moved me to a table. because That's what they do. They move people. And I sit at a table and I catch, you know, ace king suited. And, you know, I'm just whatever. And ace king jack comes out. And I'm like, you know, so I five bet it. And the guy next to me just sat down. Really? You're going to bet that? And he's like getting mouthy, some big muscle bound prick. And I'm like, yeah, you're going to bet that right now? You just sat down? What, what do you got? And he's like getting in my face. And I was like, listen, asshole, it's going to cost you. You either pay or you don't. Like I give him shit back and he folds and then I flip him over and throw him on his thing. So he knows like, I'm not going to get bullied at the table. It's all about confidence, you know, in life, in business and in poker. <laughs> A power home. Poker, poker tournament, tournament would be awesome. There well, we it'd be illegal, but I would be game for that. I would be game. We can find a way. I would be game. We could figure you it out. You negotiate the same way. You, you negotiate hard in business. Yes. Like nothing, nothing bothers you and you will, you will close a book faster than you open it. I would say yes. Well, that's the thing. So I have a big feeling in life that, you know, you can't, you got to make a decision. We talked about it in one of the other podcasts and then you can't have regrets. So I have to go with my intuition. I feel like God has blessed me with really great sense of intuition of what the future kind of holds. Not that I'm a psychic by no means. My point is, is if I feel like this is the right thing, more cases than not, it's been the right thing. Now that hasn't worked for me in poker, but in other aspects of life, it has really worked well for me. And so if you second guess opportunities or second guess decisions, then you're in your own way. You can't make the decision, right? But in poker, it, dude, you, this is the rule. And I heard this from um, uh, the poker brat's mouth himself, Phil Helmuth, when I got to talk to him for a few minutes and hang out. 
he said, listen, Jay, you can't be skilled enough to win without luck and you can't be lucky enough to win without skill. And after grinding for hours and days with the best of the best and seeing that, it is so true. That's why the same guys never won twice. And that's why you've got to be able to catch cards. And the, the point that matters, can a guy play cards, is when you don't have cards, what do you do? And when you're in position, what do you do? And when you're low on chips, what do you do? The best poker I ever played was day two of two years ago. And I should have been out round one in day two. And I lasted all day and afternoon with a, the smallest stack. And I watched 15, 20 people come and go from my table and I outlasted it. And the best cards I caught all day were Jack nine. That was the best yeah. poker I ever played in my life. But if you can't catch cards, you can't move on. And so, you know, eventually you bust, you know, antes and stuff catch you. And that's why it, it, you got to, you got to play what you get, but you got to catch cards and you got to have skills and you got to know when to use them. And, you know, I'm not the poker guy to ask. I ain't won anything except for some Mickey Mouse tournaments locally, but uh, I have a good time playing. Sure you do. In business, you ever feel like you're not catching cards? Yeah, that's a great question and a great way to put it. But yeah, I feel like sometimes that happens. You know, I feel like anytime our company gets ahead of something, um, I feel like when we come up for, for air, we're pushed right back down underneath. And, you know, I think um, the strength of our organization and our people, they're, they're getting used to that. For some people, it's like, oh boy, right? But, and I'm talking like COVID pops you or, you know, when we first opened up, they got rid of tax credits in our state, you know, all these other things. Oh, they're going to put tariffs on foreign panels. And we started going American made. That's all we use now. All these things that you, you they throw at you. Uh, yeah, you, you, but you got to learn how to play with bad cards. You know, you got to play with what you're dealt. You can't make excuses and you play with the best hands you can with what you've got. And more times than not, I believe you'll come out. Okay. I think you've showed that. Right. I mean, there's, there's been a lot of stuff stacked against you. I mean, the, obviously the most recent, um, you know, this everything everyone's going through, but you know, we went through a time too and still going through it with, uh, with the cap in Michigan, you know, kind of a, a weird, awkward time. Right. That was cool that I got to testify with the Senate. That was pretty, that was unique. I got comments from my attorney, like, dude, that's so gangster that you showed up in a V-neck t-shirt and a blazer <laughs> to the Senate. And I'm like, what's up, baby. That's how we do that is how you do uh what else we got any questions any questions loaded up there i don't uh, see yeah i think we've got end. one more i see uh let's see here we've got more i can't see any questions on my end just to let okay. you know when did you when did you finish high school so i i was due to finish how many high schools did you go to uh, so i went to five high schools five <laughs> okay. um uh, i got kicked out in 10th grade uh, officially the last day of 10th grade, I got kicked out. So I graduated 10th grade. I didn't graduate high school. And then because I bounced around to so many schools, um, they allowed me to go to a school called Stanley community college. And they said, you can either do our GED program or you can go get a high school diploma. And because I fell out of a truck that summer and broke my jaw and everything and <clears throat> broke my elbow, I was on workman's comp for like four months. I, uh, I did night and day school and I finished two years worth of school in about six months. No, I didn't read a book. You just open it up and do it. Um, so I did get my diploma. It wasn't a traditional diploma. I didn't get to walk down the thing. It wasn't with a real high school, uh, but it was a diploma. And uh, so I did that in 97, but I was supposed to be class of 98. Never went to college and then decided to re-enroll into high school when I went to Arizona after I had a diploma. That's a whole nother podcast. 
How'd you fall out of a truck and break your jaw? So I was 16. I was working for a landscaping company and uh, it was summertime. We just got done dropping off the Bobcat at the shop. And I went up there and it was those doors that open up in the, in the big trucks, you know, the landscaping trucks where the doors <laughs> open like this. <clears throat> and I sat, I was sitting on a water bottle. We closed the truck and I guess he changed gears and hit something. I fell off the water bottle. The doors open. I plowed onto the interstate and rolled, had my teeth come through my lip, broke my elbow, uh, broke my shoulder. It was rough. Um, it was, you know, had the Bobcat been back there, I, I'd have died. I'm glad we dropped it off. Right. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was scary and it was tough. I was 16. So I, I did that. And then school, you know, when I'm getting a check and I go to school that I don't have to just work and go to um, part-time school, I could double up. So I got it done faster. That's wild. What's up, Carlos? Um, what else we got? Uh, got another question right here. Next question is good way to make money thoughts on solar storage home technology integration great question uh i think solar's the future it's not only a way for the utility company to produce clean green less expensive energy than what they're doing now it's less than coal and everything else um but it's also good for homeowners to be able to control their costs because we're able to finance it and do that with storage and battery you're able to keep and harness that power use it at night so if the utility company ups their rates what we call time of use, then you're able to store that power and use it when you want, which is a really great thing. I think that's the future with all these electric cars coming out. Uh, basically getting solar and getting a battery is like having an EV station or a gas station at your home. So you can use that, store it, and then charge your car at night rather than have to pay the utility company all those kilowatts. So I think it's- You brought up a good point when you went to the uh, legislator too <clears throat> about the, the stress on the grid with all the electric cars. Yeah, I mean, right now, the electric companies usually complain like, oh, you know, our power is going down because it's <clears throat> pulling too much power on the grid. And it's like, you know, I mean, what are you going to do when they just, the, you know, GM and Ford, they all came out with the electric Mustang, the electric Hummer, all these cars are coming out. You know, we got 8 million people, 11 million people in Michigan. Let's use that as an example. Let's say 8 million of them have a car. That's probably a very conservative number, but we'll call it that, okay? Um, what if 10% get an electric car? That's 800,000. So you've got 800,000 people charging their car at night and you're not worried about the grid. I mean, you're complaining about the grid right now. What are you going to do when they charge their cars at night? So it's more the reason we're trying to tell them, don't put a cap and allow people to get solar because then they're not sending energy to the grid. They're using it and they're not pulling from the grid either. They only send what they overproduce and they only pull if they underproduce from solar. So that's a way to to captivate that energy right there in the home without hurting the grid. What about, um, you know, you, obviously we talked about being a visionary, but you know, we've, we've gotten really good at residential solar and we've, we've opened up a, a commercial division last year and we're, we've got these other, you know, avenues of, of sales and, and installation now, but you know, and solar is the future, but what's the, what's the balance between you being a visionary, probably not a visionary, but maybe like innovative, right in the mm -hmm. in the renewable energy sector and okay. kind of staying in in the lane we're really good at like wh where's the where's the balance do you feel like we try to just strive and perfect where we're where we're at and where we're going or do we have to look futuristic and, and be a little bit more innovative on on what we're doing 
I think right now we're really ahead of the curve, partnering with Generac, doing battery and storage, and now even generators. And in the future, they're going to have something coming out that's a generator that charges your battery and reuses electricity. I mean, it's going to be cool. So we're always staying ahead of the curve on that. And as technology changes, I believe business, you know, businesses need to stay ahead of that to stay in the game. Otherwise, you're going to become obsolete. I don't see panels changing much. They've been the same forever. The technology that changes is battery storage and inverters, but we're going to stay on that. Like it. What are we? And look, I think, I think, uh, how, what, what's our time on this? Do you know? I don't know. I can't see. I think, you know, I think we could probably wrap it up with that for today. If we take one more question, if someone has a question on Instagram, we'll take it real quick and then we'll wrap up today's podcast that will launch out probably live next or we'll come out live it'll come out on iHeartRadio and uh spotify and um apple podcast next week and we'll put it on youtube this weekend so you can get a shot to watch it on the screen here so we'll take one more question on live let's see what we've got here um let's see what we've got i don't know how to do this i suck at this uh, Sam Martin on. What's his question, Sam? You got a question, <laughs> Sam? Sam looks like he was on. We should have brought him onto the podcast. We had him on before. Look, All right, I, I mean, we can we can wrap it up on a positive note. I mean, the importance of giving back to the community is is something I've always pondered. You know, you you I think you and the executive team you know, do a good job not only of giving back to our employees, not only giving back to. Um, you know, really the the community that we that we enter in now, but you know now really the the world we're trying to do these treks and give back to the world. But um, you know, do you want to talk and speak a little bit about yeah, why every... you decide to give back so why Power Home gives so much? I think it's important to be helping the community you work in. You know, to help the folks out there that not only are your customers but families of customers, families of employees. You know, so we're all in this stuff together, whether it be COVID-19 and this virus or life itself or building a movement, whatever it is, you know, we're all in this together. We want to be able, if we've got extra, we want to be able to help people out in the communities. Uh, so we get really excited about partnering with different foundations in all our states. And then also we do a lot with Give Power, which is, you know, we talk about water and, you know, most people don't have clean water to drink worldwide. So we partnered with them. So every system we get, we donate 40 bucks, which then every 2,500, no, yeah, every 2,500 systems we do, which is a quarter's worth. So we could do, you know, basically 10,000 a year, but every 2,500 equals a solar powered water plant in some of these third world countries and islands that need it. And so we're a part of that. We're sending a lot of folks out to go do that and really make a difference because there's a way to use solar clean this water with the energy it produces and having this mechanism that cleans, you know, drinking, makes it drinking water. And then they're able to drink that and we're making a difference in the world. And so that's, what's really exciting. It's not about how big your company gets or your title. What's exciting is if you can implement change and be a part of something great, um, then that makes all the difference. Somebody wants to know, tell me about why you hired John. <laughs> Do you know we, Jonathan Lloyd Jones? Do you know that person? I do. Yeah, I, I actually I owe Jonathan Lloyd Jones. He he gave me one of my first shots at Lifetime. So uh, he so was great a, he was question, Jonathan. I I would I would love to answer that. So John here was my trainer at the gym at Lifetime for about a year, right? Almost a year. Give it almost a year. 
And yeah. he would hear me vent and complain and, you know, strategize and screaming at people on the phone and motivating people on the phone. And John is very intuitive and he asks questions like, what is that about? What are you doing? What's going on? And he was always curious. And so I would share a lot of that stuff and he was always wise and he was smart and, you know, he had a great personality and he, there was, there was not a lot of up volumes or down, down volumes. It was very steady. And so I admired that about him, but I'm not the one that hired him. So he applied for the job. I think he got a, a little bit inspired and motivated about what we were doing. And he saw that we opened up a trainer's position and not a physical trainer because John was doing the training. And um, he says he lies, he owes you. Uh, John was <laughs> doing the training and helped train the trainers there at Lifetime. And so when he applied for that, I didn't know. And Kenny, uh, who's our director of sales, reached out to me and was like, hey, you know, your trainer, John, applied for the training job. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. I'm like, interesting. And then he's like, well, should I interview him? I was like, sure, why not? You know, he's like, all right, well, he doesn't have the experience. You know, we're looking for a, a corporate trainer. It's worked at all these, you know, companies. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. So then I went in and John didn't really bring it up. And he was, you know, trying to keep me out of it because he knew I had nothing to do with it. And a couple of sessions go by and I bring it up to him like, hey, dude, so you applied for the job? He's like, yeah, yeah. I went and I met with Kenny and went, well, I was just really intrigued and kind of inspired. I want to see what it was about. See, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I just wanted to see what's out there. And he, he played it off real cool. And it's like, all right. And then so fast forward a few days later, I'm in North Carolina and Kenny has me meet uh, this lady that was also applied for the job. So Kenny interviewed probably 10 or 15 people. Then he chose four, including John to do a project and come back and do a second interview. And so we thought based on my conversation with Kenny and John's experience, and that's why I said experience really doesn't matter. Skill sets don't matter. But I thought based on what Kenny was looking for in hiring that John probably was the long shot to get it. Uh, they had someone come in from Chicago, someone, all these people, right? And, you know, I don't know much about training. I don't even read books. So I'm like, you know, maybe they need someone that's all <laughs> special sauce. I don't know. And so I go into uh, get ready to go eat at Zaxby's in North Carolina. And I just met with the, the female. Uh, I don't remember her name that was in Charlotte. And I, he asked me, like, Greenberg. I don't know who it was. And I said, you know what? I, 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 she was good, but uh, you know, I mean, like, I give her an eight and he's like, all right. He's like, well, what would you change this? She just was really proactive, but Kenny, like, this is your thing. You were the trainer. You're looking for someone to take this over. You're going, you're in the sales side now. I get it. Like, let you, you, you figure out what you want. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to probably offer the job this afternoon. I'm going to meet with your boy, John. And you know, that'll be it. I'm like, all right, cool. I thought it was a done deal. I get a call back an hour later. And Kenny's like, dude, we got a problem. I'm like, what? He said, John just dropped the mic. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, he just killed it. His presentation was phenomenal. He, he presented everything I wouldn't even think of doing. He's like, dude, this guy is the guy. I'm like, well, that's good, right? He's like, well, dude, I don't want to hire him. He's your, he's your trainer. I'm like, well, dude, if he's the right guy for the job, he's like, dude, he killed it. Like it wasn't even close. I said, really? He said, yeah. He's like, I just, you know, oh, I don't know. What should I do? I said, dude, you got to do what you feels best. If he wowed you like that, you need to make a decision. He said, I'm going to hire him. I said, well, good for you. And I'm really glad we did. You impacted, you made change. Um, you're a great leader in the organization. You've also got a great vision. You align well. You know, everybody loves you. You inspire people. You help people out. And uh, you're making our company better every day. So I'm glad that we did bring you on. But it is unique on how you got brought uh, to Power Home. And it wasn't through me. So, you know, contrary to what people may think, I wasn't like, hire John. It was actually almost the opposite. And it ended up working out. 
Yeah, it was a wild story. And look, there, there was a, I'm a, I'm a man. It was a faith-based decision. That's without a doubt. And there were some lines of events that occurred over time where, like, I believe things happen for a reason. And this, this just had to happen. Um, you know, I was, I was getting nudged strongly to, to make a, a change and, and, and become challenged. And, um, like, it was great meeting with Kenny. Obviously, and, I knew you. I was, And you're building uh, this from the ground up. That's the best part. So it's yours. That's what I love the most. You didn't have to come in and put things together. You're building it from the ground up, which is exciting. Yeah, super exciting. And look, I've, we've, I've talked to you about this. Like, I'm extremely thankful for the opportunity and Powerhouse. It's been nothing but amazing to work for. So I, I, get, I get to work alongside some incredible leaders and um, some incredible mentors. And it's just been extremely positive. And I, I can't thank, I can't thank you guys enough. So it was amazing. And you've got a wonderful, sure. you've got a wonderful family. Sarah's messaging up here and I'm glad that maybe she's the one that nudged you. We're thankful as well. You know, Sarah, we appreciate everything John brings to the table. And then that brings us to this podcast, right? How did that happen? Oh, we lost there. So we had an hour. So how did the podcast happen is the question. And the answer is, we're so used to talking to each other for all that time every morning that this was natural and it worked and yeah. fit really well where a lot of people would struggle with this just comes natural for us. So it's a really good, good team on this. It does kind of come full circle. I didn't even think about that actually. Yeah. We've, we've had some very genuine conversation and some very transparent conversation and uh, you know, it's, it's just very casual. So um, it has kind of come full circle. Which is good. Amazing. I'm glad to have you on the team. Super excited about what the future holds for all of us. And that's a wrap today on True Underdog. Unleash the power within. See us on Spotify or listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, or you can visit us at YouTube at True Underdog, and you can visit the website at trueunderdog.com. Bam! 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 True Underdog. Bam! Bam! Unleash the power.